Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Dr. Patricia Daly, she's the former head of the Department of Educational Psychology, Inclusive and Special Education at Mary Immaculate College, not far from us here at the radio station. And uh, Patricia has recently launched her book, Small Changes Can Make Big Differences, Behaviour Management Through the Lens of Special Education Needs. And Patricia's with me in the studio. Good morning to you. How are you doing? Good morning, Joe. What's the aim of this uh, book, Patricia? You know, Joe, I, I think... Um, mainstream teachers have responsibility for children who have diagnoses in their classes, but sometimes they don't have access to all the relevant um, uh, CPD that ch- uh, teachers who are in special education have. Um, so they don't always know uh, what a diagnosis means for the behaviour of a child in their class. I also think that um, mainstream teachers can make very small changes to what they do um, and those changes can make a huge difference to the children that they're working with in their in their mainstream classes. It must be very challenging for any teacher, though. You're standing in front of a class, you know, of 20-plus maybe in mainstream um, education, and you're trying to deal with all of them on an equal basis, trying to ensure that they all get as much out of uh, each day as you can. And then, as you say, in the midst of that, you may well have children who need that bit more again. It it can be. Um, I think one of the premises of this book really is that every small change you make for someone that's targeted to an individual child who may have a diagnosis actually has great potential to be useful um, to all the other children in the class. For example, uh, let's take a, a, more, a, a bigger change than a very small change. You have somebody who has autism in the school who walks around the schoolyard with his hands over his ears at the, at the break time. Um, he's not learning to socialise with his peers because he finds the, the, the noise of the play too loud. And so the school decides to, to have a structured yard. And a structured yard means that part of the yard is still available to everybody to play as they wish, but a, a, another portion of it is repainted for particular games. Now, some of the teacher's job is then to teach those common yard games to children, including the child with autism in her class, She might collaborate with the special education teacher to do that. She might be surprised to know that some other children in the class don't know those common yard games as well. So they will learn it with their peers. And in the process of learning, the child with autism gets to know some of his peers and they get to know him. And then he can access the yard with his hands over his ears if he needs to. But he can also then play a game with someone in a quieter part of the yard. And other children in the same class and in the same school will benefit from that change as well. Right. We're chatting to Dr. Patricia Daly about her book, Small Changes Can Make Big Differences, Behaviour Management Through the Lens of Special Education Needs. Is it the case that the diagnosis itself and the level of that diagnosis can determine whether a child can stay in mainstream education or end up in a specific learning environment? I'd say that if you if you understand what a diagnosis is, it only teaches you about a diagnosis. It doesn't teach you about the particular child who has that diagnosis. So if Jimmy has ADHD, that 
and, and I know what ADHD generally is, I still don't know how that affects Jimmy in my class. So I need to understand all the positive things that Jimmy brings to my class. He may be um, listening to radio in the morning, he may come in, he may be very verbal, he may be very excited, but, but part of his diagnosis means he's going to ha probably have difficulty staying on task for longer periods of time. So if I misinterpret his behaviour of hopping out of his seat, if he also has hyperactivity as bold behaviour, I then I haven't understood his diagnosis. So what I might need to do for someone like Jimmy is to arrange for movement breaks in the class. And I can guarantee you that other children in the class would love a movement break now and again, as we all would. It might entail... 30 seconds of stand up, move around, taking deep breaths, doing a slow clap. And eventually, Jimmy could lead some of these movement breaks. I love the concept, but I am wondering about the organisation of it. Again, you have a teacher dealing with you know, a wide range and a large number of kids uh, looking up at him or her. I agree. Um, there, there is. Uh, I, I'd be lying if I said this was a simple thing to do. One of the reasons that I included um, a section with 30 strategies illustrated at the back of the book and then for four of the most likely uh, diagnoses that teachers are likely to meet, some details on that, there is a process that teachers would have to go through. For example, just looking at the environment. What can a teacher change about their environment in their class? They have a child who has Down syndrome who's super social, loves getting along with her friends, but in fact uses this social as a way to avoid doing uh, work that's hard for her to do because she's quite aware of what she can and can't do. And we all like to be successful um, at what we do at least once a day to be recognised for what we can do. Keeping her with some of her friends, but maybe not all of her friends, putting her in a part of the room so the wall par forms part of where she sits, but she's also close to one or two of her friends, but she's closer to the teacher. Those are simple changes that teachers can make to think about the physical organisation of their classroom that benefit this child and the teacher and other children in the class. No child is average and a good thing too, but in an average class that a teacher is looking down at, you know, with 20 plus mm -hmm. in it, is it likely that there will be a number of children with special educational needs? Um, th this is an interesting question. Um, I think there's the notion of proportionality, Joe. In, in, the, in the common population, approximately how many people would have autism and how many people would have Down syndrome, how many people would have ADHD, um, how many people would have dyslexia. Um, we become uh, victims of our own success in some ways. So schools who do a really super job of, uh, of having children feel welcome and belonging in their school, who are successful in teaching skills and, um, and self-concept to children who have disabilities, tend to be sought by parents who have children who have additional needs. Um, the, the notion of proportionality, though, is important. It's very likely that mainstream teachers will have at least one, if not two children in their class who have some form of diagnosis. Patricia, isn't it also the case that there are some schools, and it might be subtle, who would prefer not to have children with special needs in their classes? Absolutely, absolutely. And it, it really is unfortunate because... Children who have additional needs bring all sorts of richness to the class. They, they are not only uh, children who have needs, they also bring some very unique strengths. And the second thing is that having children with special needs in your class teaches the rest of us 
to find this as part of normal because children with additional needs are all on the same um you know, the the, the uh, intellectual, the quotient where we have the IQ, we're all on the same normal curve of intelligence. There is no special curve of intelligence for children who have disabilities. They are on the same curve. They're at one end or the other. Sometimes they're in the middle. Sometimes they're all over the place. But having them in the class familiarises us with what is normal. There is no special aisle in Duns for children who have or families who have children with a particular with down syndrome right and do i take from that answer and just go back to what i was asking you earlier that you are in favor then of mainstream education across the board including for children with special needs as the first preference i think education should be inclusive our society is trying very hard to be inclusive we all benefit by by inclusion that works now locating children in a class is not enough that's why I wrote the book, so that you don't just have the child present, but in fact you have a lot of power as a mainstream teacher to make that child's presence um, successful and effective. You'll be working with a special education teacher possibly, you may be working with other agencies to ensure this child has the education that they need and not just the presence with their peers. Yes, I would be very pro an inclusive environment. Patricia, have you seen this issue or similar issues getting any oxygen in the general election campaign so far? I haven't seen too much of it. I'd say there'd be more of it in... um, There are particular parts of the country at the moment where um, provision for children with particular areas and diagnoses is still very difficult. Um, And if I were a parent with a child who didn't have a place in school, I'd be very hot about that. Mm. Uh, Is this book widely available to the people it's aimed at? Well, it's being published by the Curriculum Development Unit at Mary Macleod College. Um, it's available there. Uh, right now, we, we really try to focus on um, teachers who are, are people who are learning to become teachers and also experienced mainstream teachers who might not have had a lot of special education input in their initial teacher education. Would it also help parents to read it? I was thinking about that question. Uh, it isn't. It is written for mainstream teachers. However... There's enough information in it and parents are so knowledgeable about their child and about what might help them in school. They might find it useful. I wouldn't want to lead parents astray and say it is written for them, but the the connections with families is is um, highly prized in, in the book. Okay, so it's called Small Changes Can Make Big Differences, Behaviour Management Through the Lens of Special Education Needs, uh, written by Dr. Patricia Daly. Well, thank you, Patricia. It was really interesting. Appreciate thank you your very time. much, Joe. Call Limerick today now on 461995.